Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. I hope you are having an amazing day today. This is an interesting one because this is the official episode number 1000, but we're over 1,050 episodes at this point because I don't number the bonus episodes and I used to not number Q&A episodes, so I get it. Like It's kind of milestone-ish to hit that episode number marker, but also like we're way past that. (laughs) And I'll be honest with you, a handful of you sent in some really fabulous ideas for special episodes to do for this episode number 1000, and I loved them, and I absolutely plan to do them. But you know, to be perfectly honest with you, the last couple of weeks have been um, unexpected, and just didn't make it happen yet. But we will. They were good ideas for episode number 1000, and they're good ideas in general. So we will absolutely do that. But of course, for the kind of pseudo milestone that it is, you guys get like 98% of the credit because when I started the podcast, it was kind of funny how it happened. I never intended to start a podcast. This was back in 2014. Yes, podcasts were out there, but they weren't a thing the way they are now. And when I left my job to start Primal Potential, I fully intended for it to be a blog, which makes me laugh now because I quickly figured out I hate writing blogs, which is why there are very few of them on my website. And I I just found that blogs limited in in my communication style limited the way I could connect with people and limited the way that I felt I could communicate and I found myself wanting to just be able to talk to people and in my previous job in the supplement industry I did a lot of trainings webinar and on stage live in front of people and so I was like I remember saying to my first husband I think I'm just going to start a podcast. And he was like, do you know how to do that? Because he is a very tech person and but had no experience with podcasts. And I was like, no, but I'm going to Google it. And literally, it couldn't have been a week and a half later. I had it up and running and had zero listeners. I mean, sure, if I gave my mom the link, <laughs> I'm sure she would click it. But a lot of people weren't listening to podcasts then, and I didn't have an audience, right? I had maybe certainly less than 15 people who knew of my quote-unquote blog. And here we are, what, eight years later? It'll be eight years in a few days, July 12th, and well over 20 million downloads, 
It's crazy. And there are some of you that have been listening from the freaking start. And the fact that you guys continue to engage and send questions and reach out in the Facebook group and email me, it's, it's so awesome. And it's so amazing. And it has exceeded every expectation that I had. And I'm just so pumped to have such a great community. So with that said, we're not going to do anything particularly special today. We do have a a bunch of great topics we're going to get into in terms of making good choices when you're overwhelmed and tired. Um, Somebody wanted to know some questions for making money on the side so she can pursue something that she wants to. We're going to talk about balancing all of the demands of family with self-care. And then we're going to talk about some criticism that, well, I don't even know if I'll call it. Yeah, no, it's a criticism. We're going to talk about a criticism that I received recently that I just want to chat with you guys about. We will give away a couple of extra prizes today because, you know, it's like a pseudo milestone. I want to give away the combo, his and hers of Ignite. That's the new hormone balancing all natural supplement. I've noticed that a ton of you are getting the female version, which I think is awesome. But if you have a gentleman in your life, really consider that too, because what I have noticed with Chris taking it is that it's shifted his mood in a very positive way. I think when people think about hormones and men, they think of primarily sexual performance and erections and that sort of thing, which certainly hormones play a role there. But when we talk about things like cortisol being high or testosterone being a little low, that can come with moodiness, being distant, irritable, and I want y'all to have super happy, healthy partners. So I'm going to give away the combo, his and hers. Um, I'll give away, you pick. You pick from any of the products that I've shared that I've loved. So I'll give away a you pick. You can have, let me give you some options. Make sure that I, are there things that I have or that I can easily get? Um, Protein powder, staple for me every day. Uh, Relief Plus, I think it's a huge part of keeping inflammation at bay in the body. Um, Probiotics or let's say Energy Plus, Energy Plus. And then I'm going to give away a Changemakers Journal, which is one of my favorite tools. And we'll announce those winners at the end of the show. Okay. The first question says, how do you make good choices when you're overwhelmed and tired? Anybody else overwhelmed and tired? I am. (laughs) I for sure am. The last couple weeks have just been super emotional, physically exhausting, emotionally exhausting, huge demands on my time. So I get it. I know a lot of people are feeling that way for many, many different reasons. And to the question, like, how do you make good choices when you're overwhelmed and tired? Let's just acknowledge right out of the gate that the solution is going to look different depending on the individual, because we all respond differently to different approaches. What I can tell you are some things that I have seen work for me, but also things that I have seen work for my clients. One of the big ones that I remind myself is this is when it matters most. 
when I am overwhelmed, tired, low energy, anxious, any of those things, this is the time when it really has the greatest impact, self-care, eating well, moving if possible. I'm kind of on very limited movement right now, bed rest more or less. But if I'm not happy with being tired, eating poorly makes me more tired. And I really don't want to be a hypocrite. And I know most of you don't want to be a hypocrite. If I'm tired, eating well is going to be part of the solution. Now, I might have to say, how can I make this easier? How can I make it more convenient? For sure, I absolutely have to make those considerations, especially for me right now on bed rest. It's not not in the cards to stand in the kitchen and whip stuff up whenever I feel like it. But this is when it matters most. This is when it matters most. I posted something in the Facebook group the other day. And the reason I posted it is because for the people who joined the consistency course a couple weeks back, one of the things that they do starting out is they fill out this form basically so that I can get to know them, their struggles, their goals, where they feel stuck. And based on everything that they share, I make a recommendation for a specific starting point because I kind of knew that providing all sorts of tools and resources for some people would be like, this is all great, but where do I start? This is a lot and I don't know, you know, which direction to go in. So I was like, I'll do that part for you when you provide me this information. Anyway, I was going through these. I had had a little bit of a backlog because I wasn't doing anything last week while I was in the hospital. And uh, one of the themes, as I banged out a handful of them over a couple of days, was around leveling up the way you think. And specifically, what I shared in the Facebook group was in three areas. Telling more of the whole story, not just some convenient, permissive piece of the truth. Being more mature in how you think and what you think. And also thinking from a place of being emotionally sober, not emotionally wasted, you know? Somebody asked for an example on what I mean by like emotionally sober. For example, if you say I'm starving, that's drama. That's not emotionally sober. That's loaded with some emotion because... I mean, you're probably not anywhere near starving. You might be hungry. You might be very hungry, but you're nowhere near starving. So emotional sobriety basically means we're not under the influence of anger, irritation, overwhelm. We can step back, even if we are feeling angry, even if we're feeling overwhelmed, even if we're feeling frustrated, we can step back and separate logical linear thought from thought that is infused with emotion. Like some of the thoughts that are less emotionally sober, more emotionally wasted are like, I don't even care. Bull. That's your frustration talking. That's your fatigue talking. But you really do care. And the reason I bring this up with regards to this question, how do I make good choices when I'm overwhelmed and tired, is sometimes we just need to slow down and say, if I was thinking through this maturely, how would it look different? If I was showing up to this problem, to this challenge, to this moment as the most mature version of myself, what would that look like? 
if I was telling the whole truth and not just one little piece of the truth, what would that look like? And the tired example is, is a perfect example of that one. If I'm telling the whole truth, then when I'm tired, I need to eat really, really well because that helps me have more energy. And if I eat poorly, then that means I have less energy and that's the last thing that I need. So the practice of slowing down and just using the opportunity to say, let me think about this a little bit differently. Because for as long as you think about it the way you've always thought about it, you're going to choose the way you've always chose. The other piece is, and I kind of alluded to this when I was mentioning that I'm on bed rest-ish. And I say ish because I can get up and go to the bathroom and get food and do those things, but I can't pick up Roman or spend too much time on my feet. Anyway, when I'm overwhelmed or tired, how do I make this easier? How do I make this more simple? For food, for me right now, I'm spending a little more money to get stuff that's pre-cooked because there's no investment that's more valuable than investing in my health. And investing in my health is investing in my kids' health. I'm making sure that I have things that are really convenient and easy that I also like. So Greek yogurt and string cheese and apples and nectarines. I'm making sure that those things are there. And I'm making sure that other things aren't there, right? This isn't the time to have ice cream in the house when I can't leave the house. You know, I'm, I'm making it more convenient to eat well and I'm making it less convenient to not eat well. And those things really help me a lot. The next question says, I want to make money while traveling the world. I know there are several paths to this. I would appreciate some guidance. So this depends a lot on your skills and your time, but The virtual assistant world is freaking huge right now because more people are working from home than ever. And more people are realizing it's really silly for me to be my own bookkeeper. It's really silly for me to be scheduling podcasts, for example. Like once I record it, I really should hand it off to somebody else. And so if that is something that aligns with your skill set. If you're somebody who's very organized, if you're somebody who is uh, good with spreadsheets, if you're somebody who's good with um, any, you name it, a business task, make yourself really available for that. You can either browse existing VA positions or you can post your own, like, marketing yourself, there are a million websites in which to do this. I mean, if you spent five minutes on Google, you'd have all the information that you need here. So that's one way to do it. Um, I'm a big fan of affiliate marketing. So there are pros and cons to that. In episode 999, I went through the pros and cons of different types of things. Uh, Like you can drive Uber no matter where you are in the world if you have a valid driver's license. So you could drive Uber three days a week while you're traveling and travel four days a week or, you know, things like that. Um, But I go through the pros and cons of all sorts of different streams of income in episode 999. So go back and listen to that. But the reason that I like affiliate marketing is, I've said this a million times before, I believe we are all participating in affiliate marketing anyway. We're just not all getting paid for it. Because affiliate marketing 
is essentially sharing something you love with somebody in your network. So if I love this book and I'm going to talk about it anyway, I want to get paid for it. For that reason, I'm an affiliate with Amazon. So when I share a book that I love, I share it with my affiliate link and I get paid on that. I'm an affiliate for Amare. I love their products. I'm passionate about them. And so if I share them and somebody decides to make a purchase because it aligns with what they want, I get paid for that. Um, so there's there's a lot of opportunities like that. More and more companies have affiliate relationships. You know, you you can also do things like Etsy. And, and this is somewhat redundant. Please go listen to episode 999. But being a seller or merchant on Etsy does not mean that you have to have some special skill in creating uh, custom quilts for newborn babies. There are people making tons of money on Etsy because they've created chore chart downloads. And so when a mom is looking for a chore chart, she goes and buys the the download for $4.99 on Etsy, and the merchant, who only did the work once, gets paid for that. Now, you obviously want to pick something that there's an audience for, but hello, there's an audience for everything, absolutely everything. So those are a few examples based on your interests, based on your skills, but go listen to episode 999. I think that's a great resource. This next question says, how can I kill my fear of starting a new business for good? If you ask this question to 100 people, you'd probably get 100 different answers. So this is just mine. This is not like everybody's answer. This is just from my perspective. I've never not had fear in business. And I don't see that as a problem. I actually see it as something that helps keep me sharp. So as I see it, most business owners probably have some level of fear. It's not necessarily a debilitating fear, right? But it is a driving fear. When it's all on you, there are pros and cons to that. And one of the cons is like, (laughs) it's all on me. So for me, that has always come with a little bit of fear. Like in this season, if I'm on bed rest, how, you know, how much am I going to be able to do my work as normal and with more doctor's appointments and, you know, if the twins are premature or as I transition to having newborn twins and a one-year-old, like what is that going to look like and how is that going to impact my income? And there's, there's some fear around that, but I believe that it's really valuable because it tells me that I'm invested and it prompts me to not sit on my butt and watch Netflix when I need to be pouring into you guys and the work that I do. So maybe the question is really, how do I use my fear to spur me to action? And one of my mantras is fear is a liar because I create my results. So what action steps can I take today, not not over the next year, but like in the next 24 hours, 
that will increase my chances of success? Or who do I need to network with? Or what groups do I need to be in? Or what coach do I need to hire? What skills do I need to learn? What am I going to do about that? That I think is really valuable. Next question. It says, I'm a 46-year-old working full-time mother of four. I'm not overweight, but would love to shed a few pounds. More than anything, I need to exercise more consistently. I would love to do this in the mornings before work. Once I get off, I'm tired, just like everyone else. I go home, I start cooking, laundry, cleaning the house, etc. Getting up and exercising before work is the perfect solution. The only problem is I'm so damn tired in the morning. Five days a week, I'm usually pulling into the parking lot uh, at my office on two wheels to be here at 7.30. To exercise before work, I would have to be up even earlier, and I don't know how I can manage that. I'm trying to go bed, to bed earlier each night, but still around 10, 10.30. Do you have any suggestions? I do. I sure do. So let's look at what the goal is here. If the goal is I'd just love to shed in a few extra pounds, you can do that without working out. Okay, you can do that by cleaning up your nutrition. So that is an option on the table. Might not be the option you choose, but it is an option. Now, if you just want to be healthier overall and more fit overall, I agree. Working out, for sure. Why don't you start doing it on Saturday and Sunday? Right? Why don't you start 10 minutes one day after work? Before you start dinner, is it a big deal if dinner is 10 minutes pushed? This does not mean it needs to be a 30 or a 60 or 90 minute workout. That's where I would start. Start with where you can add it in, where there's not resistance or there's less resistance. Start there. Doesn't mean that the ultimate goal isn't getting up earlier and working out. Then I'd really look at how would I need to think about working out or think about myself to be pumped up to be the kind of person to work out in the morning before work, to be the kind of person who isn't peeling into the office on two wheels to get there at 7.30. What would need to change in my perspective? What would need to change in my values? One of the big things off the bat for me is duration of workout. Do a 10-minute epic workout instead of a 30-minute kind of meh workout. And start doing it one morning a week instead of five mornings a week. So on what day of the week is it easiest or most feasible for me to have an extra 12 minutes, right? Because you figure, you know, one minute to get wherever you need to be, one minute to finish up, 12 minutes. Start where you're ready and willing to start and also look at How would I need to change my perspective to embrace this or look forward to this or execute this more easily? A lot of folks skip the mindset work, which is bonkers to me because that's what drives your decision making. Like that's the most, that has the highest return on your time spent. So do that mindset work. This next question says, and then we're going to go into some criticism that I got. Why can't I get past myself? I am my biggest obstacle. Well, you can. And the problem that I have when somebody sends a question with can't is you've already decided it's not possible, so I can't help you. Right? If you're saying I can't get past myself, then you're not open to the opportunity that you can, to the possibility that you can. You've decided that you can't, so you can't. 
It's over. If you were to say, what do you think I need to shift so that I'm in my way less than I'm in my way now? And then I'd probably push you to be more specific. Well, what does that mean? How are you getting in your own way? I want to know what the excuse or the specific thing is because it's very challenging to solve a vague problem because you're going to need a specific solution, but you don't have specificity on the problem. When we overgeneralize, we're not being good thinkers. So if somebody was asking me this question, why can't I get past myself? I would say, well, do you believe that you can't? Because if you believe that you can't, then the conversation's over. But if you believe that you can, tell me how you are holding yourself back. Ugh, every way possible. Yeah, nope, that's not going to work. I need specifics. Tell me what that looks like. How, what does that look like in the last 24 hours? Then we narrow down to maybe it's a specific excuse like I'll start tomorrow or this one thing won't hurt. I've got episodes on all that crap, right? Not only that, the consistency course is full of resources and tools for those kinds of things. Now, registration isn't open now, but the wait list is up on my site. So familiarize yourself with a tool like that. Or if you want to go solo, then the question I would use instead of why can't I get past myself, which is not open to solutions, the question I would use is what's one thing I can do today to shepherd myself towards where I want to be? Just one small thing. One small thing. What's one small improvement I can make to give myself evidence that I can make progress, do something, move forward, etc. That's how I would approach that. Now, one of our winners today is actually somebody who gave me a two-star review on the podcast. And I, I, I want to address the feedback that they sent. Now, let me first say this. We're all different, right? We all have different values and different priorities and all that kind of stuff. What matters to me like how I operate is I won't leave negative feedback in a public forum until I've had a private conversation with the individual. Now, I'm not saying that this person did anything wrong with her two-star review. But I do love having conversations about how we handle things we're not happy with or how we give constructive feedback Here's my, my personal operating system. Let's say that I go to a restaurant and I think it sucks. I could absolutely go on Yelp or I don't even know what the restaurant review sites are and leave a crappy review and detail what I didn't like. But one of the ways that I personally practice being a better thinker, which isn't just about me and my thoughts. It's about how I have relationships with other people, whether they're people I know or they're people I don't know. One of the ways I practice that is by acknowledging I only see my perspective here. There might be more going on that I don't know of. They might have had a power outage in the kitchen. And so instead of using this equipment for this meal, they've been forced to use this equipment for this meal. And it's not what it normally is. Or you might find out that three of the chefs have COVID and they're operating on a skeleton crew or, you know, like there's many, many things. And I think that matters. I think that matters, especially because I'm, I am not 
the best thinker in the world. I still have my share of judgments and excuses and drama and all of this stuff. But I look for opportunities to practice. So if I have a crappy experience or I don't like something, if I feel compelled to share that, the standard I hold myself to is I'm going to go to the manager or the owner first and attempt to have a conversation there because I want to have as much information as possible, you know, and my perspective is limited to only what I can see and experience and I can't see and experience everything. And also I have my own biases. We all do. Most of the time we don't recognize them, but we all do. Now, if I, I can't even, I don't even know that I've ever left a review like on a, um, like a restaurant or uh, I, I definitely don't think I've left a negative review of a book, but, but let's say that I had a conversation saying like, I didn't like it because of X, Y, and Z. And they were like, I don't care what you think. You know, <laughs> like, what makes you think I care? Then I might include that in my review. Like, I went to this person and I had this conversation and this was their feedback and here was my perspective and my whatever. But I also know that not everybody shares that operating system, nor should they, right? I mean, I, you have operating systems that I don't have. But I share that because when I read this review, I was like, Gosh, her interpretation does not match my reality or the intent. And I wish I could have had that conversation with her. But the way reviews work, you just you, you just leave a username. So I don't I can't I can't contact her. I can't reach out and and like say, let's talk about I'd love to clarify because I would I genuinely would. I care very, very much. I mean, sure, there are some things that I read sometimes that like ruffle my feathers or straight piss me off. But more often than not, like everybody else, I want to be understood. You know, that that matters to me. So I, what frustrated me the most is that I didn't have the opportunity to go to this person and say, hey, can we talk about this? Because your takeaway is not at all how I feel. I also believe that if one person has a takeaway, they're probably not the only person, unless you're talking to like one or two people. But in a, in a podcast situation like this with the, with the number of listeners, chances are somebody else feels that way, whether they've shared that or not. And I, and I welcome you to come to me and respectfully bring any, any constructive criticism that you have. And I, and I ask that you be open to a conversation and to hearing my perspective on it. So anyway, this this person uh, left a two-star review out of five on the podcast and basically said, really love the podcast, but when she started promoting her MLM, um, it made me, it made her lose credibility. You know, I don't even want to summarize because that's not fair to this person, Renee ML. If, if you're Renee ML, please email me because I'd really love, I genuinely would love to just have a conversation and understand your perspective and share my own. So it says, um, I'm disappointed she found the need to bring her MLM business, in quotes, into her podcast and group. Trying to turn your listeners into your downline or gain sales of overpriced and questionable products is not cool. She lost credibility points with me on that. So let me first say, I'm an affiliate for Amare. I understand that there, especially for folks who are a little bit older, 
there's this kind of old school mentality of like MLM, you know, trying to amass huge quantities of people onto a team. But Amari has a social selling arm. Okay. And what that means is this is this is different than like me trying to build a team in network marketing. So their affiliate arm means that influencers, which I don't consider myself an influencer, but I, I understand that in like the scheme of things, I, I fall into that category. Influencers can get paid for promoting the products, whether they have a team or not. And I was very attracted by that in the same way that I have affiliate relationships with Midday Squares and the Vertical Garden people and Audible and Amazon and all of those things. Now, there are a shit ton of affiliate relationships that I could have that I don't have because I don't love the products. And I moved to the affiliate model after, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you'll notice that there was like a couple year stretch where I had two sponsors that kind of repeated all the time. And those weren't affiliate deals. So basically the way it worked was they paid me a flat fee um, regardless of whether I brought them business or not. The kind of thing that was annoying was I kept hearing from them that I was outperforming other people, but I didn't get compensated proportionately. You know what I mean? Like they just had a flat fee and if I had a higher conversion level, it didn't mean it didn't mean that I got paid more. Not only that, one of them was a clothing company. After like a year of using them, I stopped using them because I don't need an unlimited amount of of leggings and sports bras. And I felt it just felt weird to continue talking about them when I didn't continue using those products, you know? It certainly wasn't ingenuine. I didn't dislike the products, but what was happening was I was having to go on their site and like make specific recommendations as their product line changed, but like I didn't need more clothes from them, so I wasn't using them regularly. And it just didn't feel as genuine, and I I didn't love incorporating that. So I shifted to a model that is far less certain, there's no guaranteed payout, but because I only partner with brands that I really love and use, like my vertical garden, I'm out there watering it every single day, midday squares are always in my house. If I'm on the road for a while, I have them. My Amare supplements, I take them every day and I'm a big skeptic about supplements, like a huge skeptic. And let's be real, Midday squares are also expensive. Some of Amari's products are expensive, but you kind of get what you pay for. You know, I wouldn't feel good representing a brand that either I didn't love or that I was promoting because it was like the most cost effective out there. So there's no guarantee for me in this. And I, and I first make sure that it is far less than 1% of my content. So talking directly about like earlier at the start of the show, when I said I was giving away Ignite and energy, I think I said energy, whatever. Um, I make sure that even that, when I'm giving something away, represents far less than 1% of my content. So it's more like 0.04% of my content. Guys, that's freaking low. Super, super low. And I'm only sharing my own experience 
I'm not saying like you need to go do this. I I am in not just for Amare stuff, for my own stuff like a change makers journal. Just not a high pressure salesperson. I'm just not. But it is also really important as a business person to monetize the podcast because it is where I spend so much of my time and like I'm very comfortable with that. I understand that not everybody likes that, but this is a job for me. And there have been years of this job, probably more than half of the years of this job, where it wasn't monetized in any way. And that's a really tough thing. The other piece of it with Amare specifically, because like, for example, Midday Squares, not anybody can go be a Midday Squares affiliate. Even if you love it, they won't necessarily give you a link because you have to have an audience of a specific size. With Amare, anybody can be part of the affiliate program. And I'm unapologetically passionate about you having multiple streams of income. I do not care what they are. I talk about Etsy. I talk about Uber. I talk about side hustles. I talk about being a VA. I also talk about affiliate marketing. The problem is some affiliate marketing is out of reach for the normal person who needs it most. You know, the person who doesn't have a platform or a certain audience size. And I know that financial difficulty is coming I don't know. I feel very strongly that the financial situation, at least in the United States, is going to get worse before it gets better. And as part of my work with the Dagny Foundation, and if y'all are uninterested in this, you can just skip over to where I give stuff away. I know not everybody is, but I wish I could have had this conversation directly with the person who gave the two-star review. But for anybody else who feels this way, I I just want to I want to make my intentions very clear because I don't talk about it very often. I, With my work with the Dagny Foundation, I see people going through hard things and then they have the added hard thing of money. And money is a hard thing even if you're not going through personal tragedy. But let me be really damn clear. The reason that I was able to step back from my work when my daughter died was because of Amare. And I want you to have something like that too. And I don't give a shit if it's Amare or not. In fact, if you're like, that's not for me, I really don't want to convince you because Working with people whose arm you've twisted to work with you sucks. I feel the same way about like the Changemakers Journal. I don't want to twist your arm to get the Changemakers Journal because having customers whose arm you twisted sucks. So I'm not ever going to try and convince somebody to buy midday squares. I'm just going to tell you that I really like them and that I have a discount code if you want it or or Fatco or, or the Changemakers Journal or... Or Amare. But, you know, this just happened again last week when I find out in a matter of seconds. And I get emotional about this because I don't want any, I know that tough times are coming for some of you guys. And I believe with every ounce of me that we have the responsibility to have multiple streams of income. And I talk about what mine are and I've done episodes on it. And that's not me 
pushing shit. It's just I understand that you can choose to see it that way. But if you just leaned in a little bit more, I think it could round out how you really feel. I really do. Anyway, it happened just last week when in a matter of moments, we were told we had to pack up, get to Baltimore, stay in Baltimore for an undetermined period of time with a one-year-old. And I had to choose a surgeon before I knew if it was going to be covered by insurance because we didn't have time. If, If I waited, then my twins could have died. So I had to make the decision that like, whether insurance covers this or not, we're moving forward. I could not have handled the financial impact of it not being covered before I had additional streams of income and specifically before I had Amare in my life. And I'm not a unicorn. There are people who have no platform. They're not podcasters. They're stay-at-home moms who have created the same degree of financial freedom. And I would honestly be such an asshole if I didn't share it because I was worried that some of you would think I was trying to like build an MLM team. I would. I would be an asshole. We were able to say, yeah, we'll go there and we'll figure out the rest and really know that like, hey, if we get a $400,000 medical bill, it's going to be okay. That would not have been okay for me a handful of years ago. It would not have been okay for me to just not work and not know when I was going to be able to work again if I didn't have opportunities like that. So I understand how somebody, especially with somebody who has a particular perspective on like old school MLM, but it's 2022. There are different ways of going about it now than there were then. And to like just spray paint everybody with the same color that's the color you see, I, I, it's just not a great way to go through life. And, and I don't think it's a great way to like have relationships or connections or even be particularly happy. So anyway, to that person, Renee ML, I would love to give away one of these prizes to you. And I'm going to be honest. I could give you the Changemakers Journal, but I don't see how that's really any different, like me making money off of that and talking about it on the podcast and me making money off of Amari and talking about that on the podcast. I want to give you a couple of Amari's products. I want to give you the uh, New Ignite hormone balancing product. I don't care at all if you ever buy it. And honestly, if you don't use it, give it to somebody who will instead of letting it go in the trash. But like, it's because I love it so much. It's because it has changed a lot for me and my health physically. But I also talk about it because it's changed a lot for me and my family financially. And I'm as passionate about financial flexibility and freedom as I am about health. So Renee ML, and she spells it R-E-N-A-E-M-L. Email me, Elizabeth at primalpotential.com. No hard feelings. I just didn't have a way to respond other than this. Email me, include your mailing address, and I will get it out to you. Just email me within 60 days of the day this podcast airs. Uh, The Changemakers Journal, I am going to give that to the Territory Shop. The Territory Shop, email me, Elizabeth at primalpotential.com. Um, 
and I will give that to you. And then I need to give away one more thing. That's right, because I said you pick from the things I mentioned at the top of the show, but I didn't pull a name. Hold on, let me do that really quick. Do, 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 do. Bama Bev 95. Bama Bev 95. You get to pick from the things that I mentioned at the top of the show. Email me, Elizabeth at primaldpotential.com. Include your mailing address. Of course, the territory shop, email me as well. Um, include your mailing address. I'll get that out to you. Bama Bev 95. Give me your selection, of course, of what you would like. And uh, I will do that for you. Thank you guys for being so amazing. You can win just by leaving a review of the podcast. I'd love it if you reached out to me to talk if you don't like it before you go ahead and bring down my my stars. But of course, you don't have to do that. You're free to operate however you so choose. But here on this official episode number 1000, I want to say thank you. You guys are a huge part of my life. I appreciate you. I'm so grateful that you're here, that you're spending some of your time with me. And let me know what you would like in the next 1,000 episodes. What do you want to hear more of? What do you want to hear less of? What are some topics you would love to hear? Let me know and we'll do it. Chat soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.